and welcome to Emma's ESL English. So today we're talking about book sources. This is another podcast that is going along with my series on how to escape the learner's plateau. If you're interested, you can go to the YouTube channel. Um, everything that I do has the same name apart from the Facebook page. The Facebook page is uh, ESL English with Emma, but everything else from my Kofi that you can support me on to um, the YouTube channel to my website, it's all Emma's ESL English. So anyway, you can go to the YouTube channel and you will see a series of shorts on there. They're going out every Friday and there's also a playlist. So you can just go to the playlist and watch them all. They're all, shorts have to be less than a minute. So they're super short. Um, that's a bunch of tips. If you want to get all those tips in one place, you can go to the website, www.emmasesl.english.com. And on the website, I have a downloadable note guidebook, kind of, that you can get for free from the website. And that has all of the tips in it. Yes, so this is part of that series. What I want you to do is think about when you go into a bookshop or go on Amazon or wherever you get your books from, um, Abe Books, by the way, and um, Abe, A-B-E, Abe Books and uh, World of Books are both excellent secondhand bookstores. So rather than spending all your money for Jeff Bezos, I would spend it at those places that are helping the environment. They've got a lot, a, a big selection of books that are usually a little bit cheaper and they are secondhand, but do you need a first-hand book really? Anyway, so these are really not, as I say, not books for you to read, but books to get you thinking about what you could look for when you're looking for books to read. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so first things first, not too experimental. This is an excellent book. If you want to read it in your language, go ahead, do. I'm sure it's been um, translated into lots of different languages. It's a brilliant book. But this book, I don't know if you can see that, but this book has no full stops, not a one. There are, are very few capital letters and Bernadine Evaristo threw away the rule book a little bit with this book, which is great and fine. And she's totally allowed to do that because she's an author. She can do whatever the heck she likes. I'm happy about that. But for you, mm -mm, this is going to make your life super hard. You don't need to make it harder. Don't do it. Don't do it. So when you look inside a book, if it looks unconventional, if it doesn't look like how you expect it to look, if you look at it and go, where are all of the full stops? Don't take that book home with you. And also bonus, um, like anti-bonus, you're not actually getting your normal English because your normal English would have full stops and capital letters at the beginning of sentences and stuff. There's an American writer, she writes very poetically. Again, that was a challenge for me. I love poetry, but poetry in the form of a story that's really long, I really struggle with. So make sure you can actually read what you're reading. Um, something that's related to work or political in some way. So think about what do you like to read? What are you normally reading in your own language? This is really relevant because if you pick up a book to read, pick up a book to read and it's boring, 
you're not going to keep reading that book. It's hard enough to read in another language, but to read a boring book in another language, this is a terrible idea. And that's one of the reasons why I do not advocate you getting kids' books. So if you read a book and it's related to your job or it's related to something that you want to learn anyway, then it's more interesting for you and you'll be more willing to spend more time with it. But also, bonus to that, if you're reading a book that is relevant to your job, then you're learning vocabulary that is relevant to your job. So this book is about the education system, teacher education system. I'm interested in this kind of thing. Um, so of course, this is something that I would choose to read. Now, something like this is not as easy as one of the other books I'm going to show you later. So you might decide I'm going to leave this one for later. I'm going to read a nice, easy one first. And that's totally okay. You do that. You're allowed. Okay. Size of the book. So Penguin has this really cool, has a bunch of really cool series of books. This is from one uh, called Penguin Modern. And what they did is they they cut the books up into little pieces. So they've these are called abridged books when we when we take out pieces of a book and we just do a, a version of it. Um, and so there's a whole section of Penguin books that you can get that are very little. And these are still excellent authors. I this is Audre Lorde. I've got uh, James Baldwin. I've got um, Martin Luther King. Um, so. There's some really cool authors, and I know this is not the only one. They've also done abridged versions of big books, like I think they did of Jane Eyre and stuff like that. Um, so uh, this way you can read someone that you might have heard of. You might even have watched videos of them, um, and you can spend some time reading their book, but it's not too big, so it doesn't feel like it's going to go on forever. Um, in comparison, this is an actual Order Lord book that I haven't in fact, I've started, I haven't got very far with this one. So size-wise, there's quite a dramatic difference. This one got me interested enough that I went out and bought this one. So that might be another reason to start. Um, but this would be far more of a challenge than this, simply because it's so big. And you might decide, I just want to read a bunch of different kinds of writers. So something like this is good. And don't feel guilty about going for a little book. God, no. You take, make, seriously, make your life easier. It's okay to make your life easier. Learning a language is super hard. So make it as easy as you can. And take shortcuts and steal tips and do whatever you can to make your life easier, including buying tiny little books. I don't mind. If you want to go and read a manga that's been translated into English, I fully support that action. I think that's a great idea. Also, uh, talking about workbooks. I'm okay if you read this one. This is a great book. So if you want to read books related to work, I think find things that are well-known writers that are related that you've heard about. You know, with um, Simon Sinek, you can go watch his TED Talk. You can go watch. A, he's got a very good uh, YouTube channel. So you can put a face to the name and a voice to the words, relatively small chapters, so you can take your time as you go through, 
bonus, you're learning something really useful. Even if you're not a manager, this is a very good book to read um, if you want to do something you're passionate about. So finding a book, whether it's self-help, which I'll, I'll do that next, self-help um, to improve your life or self-help to do your job better, whatever, do that. That's cool. What a book looks like is also very helpful. I love this book cover. This is my favorite book cover, without a doubt. It's very super pretty. I love it. Love it so much. Um, yeah. It's okay to choose a book because they're pretty. That's fine. But also, so this is Elizabeth Gilbert, and this is a book about writing, and I like writing. So that was why I bought this book. Um, it's a, sort of a book about creativity, I think. Wider creativity. So if you have a hobby or you have something that you really love doing and you'd like to be better at, look for books related to that. Elizabeth Gilbert is a very easy person to write and this book has big, wide open pages. So you can write in there if you want to and um, you can highlight stuff and you can uh, easily read it. So look for books that look comfortable and easy to read and friendly. Is that a thing? That's definitely a thing. Okay. Uh, friendly. This is one of my favorite, um, really super easy. In English, we can call this chick lit. It's a very derogatory term for books written specifically for women. Um, Kirsty Greenwood regularly writes books that are really geared at an online audience. I can read her book in a, a weekend easily. And every time she puts a new book out, I get the, um, Kindle version and I, devour it in a very short space of time. Um, Chiclet generally tends to be much easier to read, but also it tends to be love stories. And as such, there's a lot of dialogue in these books. There's a lot of conversation in these books. And because it's written in a more casual level of English, it's a lot more natural conversation than you might find in other kinds of books. So if you are trying to improve your conversational everyday English, then Chiclet is a good way to go. It tends to be simpler and easier. Um, on a similar note, you can go more complicated. Elif Shafak's an exquisite writer. This has people stories in it, so it has a lot of dialogue in it, but it is a far more complicated book than this one. If you want to read novels, but you're a bit picky about what you read, I think it's okay to go for your favorite writer in English. And yeah, it's going to take you a while to read the book for sure. But if it's your favorite writer, then you're going to enjoy reading the book, right? And, you know, bring your questions to the Facebook group. That's okay. Um, I don't mind if you want to come ask me a bunch of questions. I love it when people ask me questions. I'm not kidding. I don't care how stupid they are. I like your questions. I wish you would ask me them. Um, so if you're reading books like this, in the beginning, you will find you need your dictionary all the time. So don't be put off by that. Even if you're reading Chiclet, you might need your dictionary all the time in the beginning. Even maybe for the whole of the first book, you might need it all the time. But 
you will get better. Of course you will. Your vocabulary will increase and you'll find you get to a point where you maybe need your dictionary once a page, maybe once a chapter. And that means you're progressing and getting better and leaving the plateau. Um, so yeah, don't feel bad if you need to be Googling every other word. That's what learning is. And don't be intimidated by that. Take your time. Do one page a day or do one page a week if you want to. Um, but spend your time learning and try to focus on what is the story. Rather, I mean, of course, if you come across a word that you can't work out, you don't understand what it means and you don't understand the sentence because of that, then look up that word. But think about it. When you're reading in your own language, usually... I don't know about you, but I skip those words. And it's okay for you to do that too. Um, so don't feel like you have to look up every single word. It's okay to read easy books. It's okay to read difficult books. I don't care. Just read something. Anything. This one. Um, you can read this one. That's fine. Totally okay with you reading this one. This is not complicated English at all. And of course... Uh, Paulo Coelho is not a native English speaker and The Alchemist was not written in English to start with. Um, so this is a uh, translated book and it still works very well because translators are awesome and amazing at their job and maybe some of you are even translators. Let me know in the comments. I like translators. Um, so there's a couple of things you can do with a translated book. Of course, you can just read it like everything else. That's okay. Just read it. Enjoy it. It's not a big book, actually. And as I said, it's pretty easy English. And there's quite a few conversations in this too. And bonus, it's like a thought-provoking um, hero's journey kind of a thing. If you read this book, you can talk to a lot of people about it because people like to talk about this book. It's a whole thing. Go look it up. Um, but also, if you, uh, if you really want to, if you read a book that has uh, a translation in your own language, you can read the two simultaneously and you can look at the difference and you can look at the translation, which is kind of a fun uh, game to play because, of course, when you read a translation, you're reading a reader's version of that story. The only way you can read the author's version of the story is to read it in their own language. This has really come home to me since I started reading Terry Pratchett. I had to mention him at least once, didn't I? You're lucky he's not in this pile. Um, there are so many translations of Terry's books and I now have several students that I've converted to Terry and have started reading his books. And it's quite interesting to see how translators have trans translated different things. Some of Terry's humor doesn't translate. And some of the um, the references that he makes, the, the translator may not know what that reference is, so they may miss it when they translate to another language. So this means that as a non-native speaker, if you're reading a different version of his book in, in Spanish or Chinese or Korean or whatever, then you're not getting everything that you get in the English version of the book. So it can be fun to read it in your language first, then you know the story. Um, 
read it in your language first you know the story you kind of know what's going to happen you know have an idea about the different characters what's happening in the story you can just enjoy the story and then get an English copy of the book and start working your way through it in the English copy you might just be able to just read it and enjoy it and it's fine you might find that you have less words to translate to look in the dictionary because you already know the story so you can understand the gist of the sentence you might find it's quite an interesting thing to compare notes on the page and see how has the translator translated this idea or this way of doing something i think this is particularly relevant when we're talking about say a chinese book which is um, a language built on ideas rather than alphabet word sentence structure um, and how those are then translated into English because of course every idea is different from a different person's perspective so yeah there are a lot of different ways that you can read books and there's a lot of books out there and you should go read some of them <laughs> that is what I think <laughs> go read some books um I hope this is helpful for you don't be afraid of books just because some of them are really big and don't be afraid of bookshops because generally people who work in bookshops and people who work in libraries want you to read books and they will do everything they can to help you find the right book for you. Those are the least scariest people on this planet. We need to worship them and make sure they keep their jobs. They're brilliant. So don't be afraid of going to your local library and asking for help because they are definitely going to be willing to help you. And similarly, if you have a bookshop in a big city that you can go to, don't be afraid of talking to the people in the bookshop and saying, look, I'm just learning English. What do you suggest? Which books do you suggest I start with? And they maybe have some really great ideas for you as well. You can also just go Google stuff. And you'll find a bunch of people who've already given lists for things. So I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's helpful. And let me know in the comments if you are already reading a book, what you're reading. And if you um, are not sure where to start, if you have more questions, also tell me those in the comments. But if you're already reading a book or you have a favorite book in English, put it in the comments so that everybody else can go read that book too. So you're helping each other. See you later. Have a great week. Bye-bye.